This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Rotowire's signature NHL podcast, Puckcast, with Statsman and AJ. I am AJ Scholes. As always, you can follow me at AJScholes24. Uh, we are without the Statsman one more time. Uh, he'll be back next week. But with me is Jordan Mazar, one of our NHL contributors here in the office. Also kicks in uh, a little bit of football help. And uh, big Blues fan, so we'll talk right off the top. Uh, last night's kind of disappointing overtime loss to the Jets. What what happened last night, Jordan? Yeah, it was just kind of a classic third period breakdown for the Blues. It's kind of been their their motto this season is they've kind of taken their foot off the gas and definitely against a team like the Winnipeg Jets, who have they've had 15 third period goals already this season. Um, they they really kind of keep themselves in games, but it was mainly just defensive letdowns and the inability to clear out the puck and. Make sure that um, Jake Allen has enough help back there, which has kind of been also the motto for this season and the past couple of seasons as well. Yeah, for sure, it's a it's a tough tough loss. Absolutely, uh, they, it seemed like they had it in the bag, but you know that's hockey for you, folks, right? Uh, so uh, before we kick off the show, just remind our listeners that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, uh, you can tweet at uh, Paul and I. And we'll try and answer your questions throughout the week, or maybe we'll feature one of those in, in one of our shows. As I mentioned, you can follow me at AJScholes24, and you can follow Paul, the European Statsman right now, at Statsman22. So for this week, we're going to change up the format a little bit again. Uh, I'm going to hold off on doing you know the 31-team breakdown until Paul gets back next week. But we're going to take a bit of a DFS focus today. Uh, we're going to go through all 31 teams, uh, and Jordan and I are going to talk uh, – chalkiest play the guy you have to have in your lineup especially uh in in those 50 50s for each team and then uh a bit of a gpp option so maybe a long shot guy now for those of you that are season long i don't want you to tune out right away these gpp guys are great 
potential pickups in, in your your season long league. So uh, we're definitely talking to you there as well. But specifically, uh, we are going to take a bit of a DFS focus here, and we'll start off as we always do in alphabetical order with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Jordan, this is a team uh, that's you know a, in a bit of a transition. I, I think they've got some of the older guys, some of the younger guys. So right off the bat. Who do you like? Who's chalky on this team? And then who's kind of your GPP sneaky guy? Yeah, it's definitely been kind of a rough year for the for the Ducks so far. But I really like Ricard Raquel. He's a, he's a true sniper, um, natural goal scorer. He had said thir- over thirty goals in the last two seasons. He's kind of off off to a little bit of a slow start with just one goal and four assists through nine games. But he's definitely one of the chalkier plays. I mean, he's we. I mean, day in and day out with this Ducks team, he's one of their top scorers. Um, more on the more on the um, GPP play, there's a there's a guy named Ben Street who's really kind of coming about in his one of his later seasons. He's 31 years old. He got his first NHL goal this season, but he has three goals, two assists, in in nine games, and he's um, he's kind of been a spark plug on this team that's struggling with injuries. With Ryan Kessler, Ryan Gessler just got back. Um, they still have a lot more injuries with Andrej Kasi, Patrick Eves, um, and he's kind of stepped into that role, and he's a real cheap option in DFS right now. Yeah, that's a great, great suggestion there. Uh, I definitely like Adam Henrique as as a bit of a, a you know, your kind of lock guy, your 50-50, five points in nine games. Uh, he's, you know, down a little bit uh, the last couple of years, but, uh, you know, still can get to that 40 points every year, 50 points a couple of times. So for me, uh, that's kind of your stalwart. And then as far as, you know, who I'm looking for in, in GPPs, Right now, Isaac Ludstrom uh, is kind of an option there. He's playing top-line minutes uh, with Getzlav and Raquel. Uh, and also Comtois, I, I've been high on him all season long. I love what he's doing uh, on that second line with Henrik. And, and right now it's Ponis Aberg, but Jakob Silverberg, when he gets back, obviously will be a factor as well. Uh, so there, from there, we'll head over to Arizona. Uh, pretty much the same story for this team. A lot of potential. Not really showing up uh, a ton, but they have looked better this season. Uh, so who are your guys here? Who's who's your 50-50 lock and then your uh, your long shot? Yeah, um, Oliver ekman Larson is going to be my 50-50 lock. He's a solid defenseman, huge leader on this um, young kind of rebuilding team. He already has four assists in seven games. Hasn't really got the goal scoring going yet, but he's not really known to be the goal scorer on this team. Um, he's also getting just solid power play minutes, so he would be my lock. Um, as for more of a GPP play, I like Vinny Hinostrova, Hinostroza, excuse me. Um, he has two goals and an assist in seven games, um, but he's had he had 25 points last year in 50 games. He's kind of that guy that came in from Chicago last year in his first season, and he's been doing very well so far. Yeah, I mean, Arizona's kind of turned into Chicago South, really, uh, with the <laughs> number of guys here uh, that play uh, or used to play up in Chicago. Uh, for me, I, I love Clayton Keller. 65 points in 82 games last season. And, you know, we took a little bit of a, a hefty projection on him this year. You look at, at rotowire.com, we projected him 82 points in, in 81 games. He's got five through seven right now, so he's he's right there, a little behind the pace. But, um, you know, that was, I if I have to say, I think Keller was probably uh, one of the boldest, you know, calls that, that I think Rotowire made in, in our projections this year. But I think it's going to hold up, um, and I really like Keller in those options. For me, GPP, I'm looking at Antti Ranta, you know, and it's got to be a matchup 
uh, specific situation. I'm not taking him every single night. You know, his last game he played against Winnipeg. I'm not taking him in that one. But the game before he played Chicago uh, and Corey Crawford's return, you know, the the Hawks have been down a little bit this year. Uh, And so for me, Ranta gives you kind of a a depth option there uh, between the pipes. Won't cost you too much. Uh, And so, yeah, for me, GPP, Ante Ranta uh, there. Now, Boston is a team that's stocked. There's any number of guys I think you could – key in as as your 50-50 lock. Uh, who you got there, Jordan? Yeah, I got Patrice Bergeron. He's been a real real solid asset, as, as he always is. Um, I mean, he's not as flashy as David Pasternak, I don't think, but he's definitely just old Mr. Reliable. He already has 13 points in eight games. He gets plenty of power play minutes, and like you said, any of those guys will do, though. If you want to put David Pasternak in there, he already has eight goals in eight games. He's on that, on that pace to have just another kind of groundbreaking year for him. Um, as for more of a GPP play, there's a lot of value in Yaroslav Halak when he does get those starts, and he should be getting about 25 to 30 starts this season, I think. They try to keep Tuka Rask fresh. Um, but I really like Halak. He's been having a real solid year. Um, only has two wins thus far, but he's been, been real good in net with a .933 save percentage. Um, so if the matchup's right, you can find a lot of value in Halak. Yeah, I mean, you look at Halak's numbers right now, they're actually better uh, than than Tuka Rass, uh so far through the start of the season, and you mentioned just two wins for Halak, but his losses have both been overtime losses, uh, so hasn't actually been been beaten in regulation. So I think that's a great great pick there for uh, for your GPPs. Uh, look as as far as locks here, Brad Marchant factors in as well, uh, and and I think for, in a lot of ways Charlie McAvoy has almost become. Uh, a lock here on on defense, just what he does when he's healthy. Obviously, he's injured right now. Um, for me, GPP options, I'm basically just going to look at who's playing with Krejci and DeBrusque. I think uh, right now it's Danton Heinen, but Anders Bork has gotten a look. Ryan Donato's uh, played up there. I think whoever's on that second line is going to offer you some really discounted value. You could go full stack on that. You could go Krejci, DeBrusque, and uh, in this case, Heinen or whoever else is there. Or you can do the center wing stack uh, to save some money so uh, definitely looking basically at that center line whoever's filling in that spot Uh, we'll talk about the Buffalo Sabres next Uh, this is a team that has played a lot better uh, than than I think some people may have expected now granted they've uh, had an influx of talent they made some moves to add some guys Uh, who's who's your lock in GPP uh, for Buffalo Jack Eichel's going to be the lock here. He's, I mean, he's a dynamic player who was drafted right behind Connor McDavid a couple years ago. Um, and if he can stay healthy here, he definitely has a shot at 80 points. I mean, he has three goals, six assists already this season. Um, really kind of runs this offense. And he has better players around him now, too, now that Jeff Skinner's here. I mean, he did lose Ryan O'Reilly as a um, secondary member to this team and on the power play. But the team's still very talented around him. And that's he also has the addition of Rasmus Dahlin, first overall pick this season. Um, and that's who I actually pick in GPP. He's not come about as much as or as quickly as some think so far. But, I mean, he already has three points in nine games. Um, he's a dynamic talent. A few defensive break, um, letdowns here and there have um, made it difficult for Dowling to get the minutes he needs. But th- those are coming, and I, I see him as a solid GPP play. Yeah, for sure. And and because that those minutes haven't come, his salary has really may, remained kind of depressed uh, on FanDuel, so uh, you know, kind of a, a cheap option for for a player who, to all accounts, is going to be kind of a the next uh, you know top elite defenseman. We'll see 
if that obviously transitions, but that's how it's trending right now. Jeff Skinner for me is my lock here. Uh, you know, your, your chalk guy playing with Jack Eichel. I don't see that changing at any point. Uh, and Skinner was a phenomenal player last season, had 49 points with Carolina, 63 the year before. Uh, but now that he's playing in Buffalo, has a little bit more talent uh, in his center option here, five goals through the first nine games. And so Jeff Skinner uh, has to be uh, in your lineup when they're available. And for me, I'm going to stick kind of that same strategy. Jason Pominville right now is my GPP guy. And you look at the last two games, four points in the in the last two games. Uh, that's almost his entire point total for the season. Uh, and so he's got that top assignment right now uh, with Eichel and Skinner. His salary is probably still, you know, probably going to stay low for a little bit longer on FanDuel. I, I would expect it to start rising here, but for the time being, uh, a great wing option. Obviously, if he loses that spot, if they put somebody else there. Uh, then you know that 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 changes the math on that one. So we'll see um, how long that lasts. But for now, Jason Pomaville, my GPP guy uh, for for Carolina, who we kind of just mentioned. I actually struggled a little bit to to pick out uh, somebody here who who was a, a clear lock. Uh, maybe you had a little bit of an easier time with it, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian Aho has been having a, an excellent season so far. He already has 13 points in four games. Uh, excuse me, 13 points in eight games, um, four of which were goals. And he's definitely the leader of this team. Um, Tivu Teravainen is a, a really solid um, line mate for him when, when they're put together. And um, Aho's definitely has a, has a chance to hit 30 goals this year. Um, it's a mark that he's came short of in the last two seasons. So I really like Sebastian Aho as, a, as probably the only lock that you can find on this Carolina lineup. Um, after him though, it's, it, it's kind of tough to find some value. Um, I really like Brett Pesky. He's a defenseman. He has, um, he has three points so far in nine games. He's, he's going to come in around 20 points every single season, but he, he had a lot of value to, um, in, in other ways, he blocks a lot of shots as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's, uh, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there with Ajo. Maybe Justin Williams as a, as another option there getting top line minutes, uh, you know, I, I've talked about how much, you know, I'm, I'm not sold on Jordan Stahl being, you know, kind of a first uh, first line center. I, I love everything he does on the ice. I think he's a great player. I've definitely uh, missed having him in Pittsburgh the last couple of years, although we haven't really needed him, uh, fortunately. But he's pointless in his last four. Uh, and so we'll see uh, if he can kind of get back on on the hop there. Um, honestly, you know, you look at the goalies with Darling out, maybe you consider one, but I'm not sold on Peter Mrazek. Uh, I think, you know, an option maybe would have been last night, uh, when he was playing the wings, you knew he was going to be motivated there. Uh, maybe Curtis McElhinney, but neither one's really been great. So, uh, as far as value, Brett Pesch might be the best option here. Warren Fogle, uh, has shown some flashes this season, but he's in a bit of a slump right now. Uh, five games without a goal, just one assist over that stretch. So uh, there are options here, but you really have to dig for them. Uh, we'll talk Calgary uh, next, uh, a team, again, that, uh, you know, there there is some guys to be picked. I, I think, actually, for me, I found it easier uh, to find some GPP guys here. There's there's a couple of options whose prices are pretty, uh, pretty low still that I like, um, but as far as the top end of the lineup, uh, for me, I'm really seeing one option. Maybe it's the guy you picked as well. Who you got? I got Johnny Gaudreau. I Absolutely. Mean, 
He's it, it, it was pretty it was it was a layup honestly. He's a he's a beast out there. Um, already has twelve points in eight games this season. Five five of which are goals. Um, getting a lot of power play minutes. Five of his points have come on the power play. Um, yeah, he's just an he's he's an animal out there. Um, with the puck as a GPP option, there are a lot of choices though. Um, the one that I really like is Michael Frolic. He's on a line right now with Mikel Backlund, Matthew Tuchuk, but his salary in a lot of daily leagues is still not that high. Um, he doesn't get the power play minutes that the other guys get, but he already does have three goals this season um, in seven games. So that's where I find the most of my value with the Calgary Flames. Yeah, and I, I do think that's that's kind of the big guy there. Now, anybody on that line probably could fall into that category. Sean Monahan, Elias Lindholm, uh, that top line probably could get there. But I think you're right. Johnny Hockey, uh, the number one guy here. Uh, defensively, Mark Giordano, not a bad uh, kind of lock option here as well. Seven points through the first eight games. Now, most of that has come as assists. So if you really uh, you know are looking for a defenseman scoring goals, uh, he hasn't really shown it yet, but he should get to 30, 40 points this year. Uh, and so he'll produce more often than not. Uh, I really like Dylan Dube as far as a GPP option. Um, I've probably overused him at this point for the fact that he only has one assist to start the year. But this uh, is a player with a ton of talent. Um, but obviously he's kind of fallen. You know, they had him, uh, I think, playing top six minutes out the gate. He's down to fourth line. So really, uh, probably scraping the barrel. Matthew Chichuk is probably more likely. I think his salary has stayed a little down. Uh, I expected to pick up three points in the last three games. I think eventually that's going to adjust, but for now, uh, it's still a little low. And uh, we kind of mentioned the Blackhawks uh, team that uh, another team in transition. They've got come, you know, their veteran guys still around from uh, their cup teams. They've got Corey Crawford back, um, but there's a bunch of youngsters that they're using to fill in uh, the rest of this lineup. Uh, I think, obviously, I think your choices for for Locke here have got to be Kane or Taves. Uh, which one did you key in on? I keyed in on Taves. Um, he's not he's not getting the brunt of the the shots on goal right now, but he does have five goals, um, ten points in eight games. He's playing really well, and he's he's still in that power play unit, that top power play unit that that feeds Patrick Kane. Um, if, if you're more geared towards goals, I would definitely take Patrick Kane. He already has 43 shots on net, just a ridiculous number so far, over five shots per game. Um, so, I mean, you really can't go wrong with either one. Um, with more of a GPP option, though, I definitely like the, the rookie, Henry Yokoharu. Is that how we say it? <laughs> I mean, that's how I would say it. So I think you're good there. But as our listeners know, I'm not exactly an expert uh, in pronunciation. So uh, let's give Jordan a, a little bit of a, a leeway here. But yeah, I would go Jokaharu is how I would say that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, he's been playing excellent just right off the bat this season. Um, already has five assists in eight games. He's not getting the goals, um, but he has fired 24 shots on goal as well. Um, gets the power play minutes on that top line with Pat. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Tate, so the, so the value is going to follow him, um, and he's still extremely undervalued in daily leagues. Um, in FanDuel, you can usually find him under 4000 Yeah, if, if you're looking uh, for options, Jordan has both of them kind of outlined there, uh, and those are the guys I probably would have picked too. Uh, to give you a different look, Patrick Kane obviously is going to be the other hard lock here for your lineups. Uh, he just does it again and again, night after night. Uh, 12 points uh, through the first eight games of the season. Uh, three of those coming on the power play, so uh, definitely a lock. I like Dominic Cahoon uh, as your GPP option. His value has stayed low, 
playing top-line minutes. Now he is uh, in a four-game goal drought, but he's got two assists over that stretch. Not going to get you the power play additions there. Um, His power play uh, numbers are non-existent at this point. Does have uh, some ice time. They're using him kind of periodically – and, and I think it'll pick up. Eventually, he's going to get there. He'll he'll fit in with the club uh, down the road. So we'll talk about the Blue Jackets next. Uh, and looking at the team here, uh, you know, this is a really, really deep team. Uh, I, I would hazard to guess this is one team that's a little more even. There's, they're not, um, you know, a lot of teams you see, they're structured top six, and then from there it's a drop-off. I, I look at Columbus, and I think it's a lot deeper team overall you know kind of spread across the board so uh gives you a little bit more of an option here as far as uh your 50 50 lock guy or your gpp uh who do you like jordan i mean i'd say the lock guy is artemi panarin for sure i mean he's almost teasing the blue jackets right now because he told me he's not going to come back but they haven't traded him either um i don't really even expect him to be with the team for the rest of the season but he's 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 came out of the gate firing he has three three goals six assists in seven games so far He's clearly the best player on this on this team, um, and I think it's 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 almost too bad that he won't get to stay with Columbus for longer. Just seeing um, how well he's played there, but like you said, the the, the team's deep as it is. Um, you can find a lot of value in, in a guy like Nick Nick Foligno. Um, he's getting second line minutes on the top power play as well. Already has five points in seven games. A relatively cheap fantasy option too. Um, and Anthony Duclair is getting second line minutes as well. Um, I could definitely see either of those guys being solid GPP plays. Yeah, for me, uh, I definitely agree with with Panarin at the top. Uh, I like Cam Atkinson as far as a, another lock option here, six points through seven games, uh, and is, is uh, kind of finding his stride a little bit, gets plenty of power play minutes, uh, and so I think he'll continue uh, to produce, has already a pair of multi-point games, and so that's obviously going to help you out a bunch there. Um, I'm I don't know if this counts as a GPP play, but he's been out of the lineup so long. Uh, his salary is not outrageous in terms of defensemen. Seth Jones is going to make his return uh, to to action tonight, and coming in at just five thousand over on Fanduel, and so uh, maybe you call that a GPP. I don't know, but I'm I'm going to roll with it. I think he offers tremendous value. I think he can produce right out the gate. I know he's been out for a long time. Um, but this is a guy that had 57 points last year, 42 the year before. And even with the kind of delayed start to the season, I expect him to be able to get back there to that 40-point threshold, maybe even push for 50. And so uh, maybe he's more of a lock, but at just 5,000, I'm going to call him a GPP option tonight. Uh, Looking at our next team, uh, we'll talk about the Colorado Avalanche. Again, this is Basically, that first line, I think you could pick any one of them as, as your lock here, um, and then some great depth options. Uh, where'd you go as far as your, your lock? I mean, the lock has to be Nathan McKinnon. Anyone on that line, like you said, is fair. He's, he's flanked by Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, um, all guys that are capable of point-per-game, um, but all roads go through Nathan McKinnon. That's the reason that this, this line is so dynamic. He has eight goals, seven assists through nine games, um, tons of power play minutes. He's just... He is the stalwart on this team, and he's 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 the future of Colorado. Um, as for the more of the GPP side, I look at the goaltending options. Philip Grubauer um, is a solid goalie. He may be the one that ends up taking over um, in the next couple of years for the Colorado Avalanche. He's been playing pretty well this season as well. He only has three appearances, um, two of which are wins, though. Um, real solid save percentage so far, 0.925. 
I mean, if the matchup's right, Grubauer is a real, real valuable player with a lower salary. Yeah, and I'll talk a bit about Gabriel Landeskog. Like we said, that top line overall is is pretty much interchangeable in terms of who's the lock. Uh, but you look at Landeskog last four games. All multi-point efforts had a hat trick in there as well. Seven goals, two assists in his last four games. Uh, three of those goals coming on the power play, plus another assist with the man advantage there. So uh, I think Landeskog is your other lock here. As far as depth options, look, I'm going to go a little off the rails here. Uh, people might call me crazy, uh, but I actually really like Marco Dano. I think he never uh, really got a, a full shot with uh, with Winnipeg when he was there. That team is just too deep, um, but I think if he can get minutes now that Colorado has claimed him, I think he can provide some kind of sneaky depth uh, and can find uh, the back of the net with a little bit of consistency here. Now, obviously, last night, just or uh, in his most recent outing, played just 9-23 uh, of ice time, so that's obviously something to watch, but... Uh, I think that's going to increase as he gets more comfortable with his new team. Obviously, that was his first game uh, playing for Colorado. So you might call me crazy on that one, but I do think uh, he provides kind of a sneaky value option there. Talking Dallas Stars next. I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think, again, for lock guys, there's probably two here that you're looking at. Uh, Maybe a third could factor in, but uh, where'd you land? Yeah, it, it's Tyler Sagan. Um, he's he's came out of the gate firing as well. He, um, I mean, he has only had a point in three of his seven games so far, but he does have ten points within those games. So there's a lot of value there. I, I mean, calling him a lock is is kind of tough just because he has those four pointless games. But he's the best player on this team. Um, he's flanked by Alexander Radulov, Jamie Ben. Um, they might mix up the lineup a little bit, but definitely that power play is real strong as well. Um, there's a, there's a lot of value lower in the lineup too. Devin Shore gets a gets a second line role a lot. He's a real cheap fantasy option too. Um, he's gonna he, he averaged about just under a point or a half point per game last season. Um, he already has two points this season through seven games, and he's starting to feel more comfortable in his role. I think as kind of that middle six asset. Yeah, for me, I, I am gonna go Alexander Radulov as as my lock. Now he is coming back from a lower body injury. Looks like he might play tonight. He's a game-time call. Uh, I tend to think that that in, is indicative of a player playing. You, If he's a game-time call, I think more often than not, we see him in the lineup. So, uh, But Radulov is definitely my lock on this lineup. Uh, as far as you know, kind of sneaky options, I like uh, the, the, the new addition uh, from the KHL, uh, Valeri Nishkinen, uh, or New addition, uh, you know, he did play in the team back in 2015, so uh, how new he is. But, uh, again, another guy dealing with an injury here. Um, He's going to be out for a little bit longer. They want him to get some more practices in. But when he's in the lineup, I think he can add, uh, you know, some some sneaky value there. He's not going to cost you a ton and should factor in in a top six role uh, more often than not. Talking about Detroit next, uh, you know, Again, this you know, team uh, getting a little bit younger, uh, very different look, uh, and a couple of different options as far as who you could call uh, kind of a lock or even a GPP uh, play here. Yeah, I like Dylan Larkin, the, the youngster. He's the future of this franchise, I believe. He has four goals, three assists already through nine games. Um, just a real, a real solid player. He's fired 20, 28 shots on that as well. Um, but right behind him in the lineup is Franz Nielsen, whose salary is much more of a value play. 
Um, and I, I would use him more as a GPP option. He's not really getting the the same um, the same salary that Dylan Larkin's going to demand in in daily fantasy settings. So Nielsen already has five five assists through nine games. Not really getting the goal scoring that he has yet because he hasn't really been firing the pucks on net. Only thirteen shots on goal through nine games, but he's um, he's still getting the the points to to make him a valuable GPP play. Yeah, you look at the the defensive group in here, uh, and that's where I'm going for for my GPP. Uh, Dennis Cholo Cholo Whiskey uh, probably said that wrong. Cholo Whiskey, uh, whatever it doesn't matter. Well, it does. I should say it right, but. I'm, I'm giving up on it for now. Um, youngster playing uh, top pairing minutes, five points uh, through the start of the first seven games here. Four of those have come on the power play and has really stepped in in, in the absence of Danny DeKaiser and Mike Green. Uh, and I think he's going to be a lock for, for the lineup the rest of the way. They are facing that, uh, that critical 10-game uh, decision here. But I, I would, given his production, I don't think they're even thinking about that at this point. He's going to stay up. Uh, Lock Andreas Athanasiu, I think, is a is a pretty uh, decent option for your lock here. Five points in nine games, sees power play minutes, which is you know critical um, to to increase ice time. I think the one surprise here on this team is Thomas Vanek playing in a fourth line role. Uh, didn't really see that coming. Thought his you know return to Detroit would be a little bit sweeter. Thought he'd be playing top six minutes. And honestly, if you had asked me to maybe pick somebody I thought could be a lock uh, during preseason, I might have said Thomas Vanek, but it's just not materializing for him right now. Uh, Edmonton, there is one clear lock, obviously, on this team. Um, and so I'll, I'll let you take it from there, Jordan. Yeah, it's Connor McDavid. Um, the best player in the world is, is going to be the lock for Edmonton. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Best player in the world. Let's, let's, not, get, let's not forget about Sid the Kid here. Yeah, I, I Although he like, did say McDavid was the best player in the NHL right now. So if, if Crosby's willing to say that, I guess we can go from there. That's just trying to be – yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a fair argument to be made either way. Um, Connor McDavid, he, he has the speed. He's, he's the most fun player for me to watch in the NHL right now. Um, he's he's on his way to another hundred point season. I think yeah, he had the record earlier this season. He had a point in each of the team's first nine goals. Um, no player's ever done more than seven in a season on the team's first um, goals of the year. So he's definitely just the only lock on this team, and it really kind of all drops off from there a little bit. So I, I find the most value actually, um, and just whoever's on the line with him on that right wing. Right now, Ty Raddy's on IR, so I would go with Kaylor Yamamoto. He hasn't really developed fully yet in the point section. He only has one goal through six games this season. But if he's going to be on a line with Connor McDavid on the top line in Edmonton going forward, he's going to be just a real valuable play. He's coming in always under 4,000 on FanDuel, and I really find him as being a valuable player. I mean, when you're lined up with Connor McDavid, it's a solid play. Yeah, it's, it's hard to go wrong there. I think the other... If you want to make an argument for another lock on here, I think it's Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, playing on the left wing there. Seven points through the first six games here. Four of those coming on the power play. Uh, and so he's your lock. Uh, I love the call of Kaylor uh, Yamamoto as, as your GPP option. To give you another look, uh, I may be thinking about uh, the new the new addition, uh, Cooper Marudi, uh, called up just to fill in. Uh, with with that injury to Ty Roddy, Raddy rather, um, but could play third line minutes with Milan Lucic and Ryan Strom. If he's in that role, uh, he's definitely an option. Lucic hasn't produced at the same level in Edmonton that he did on on his previous uh, stop with Boston, but. 
that's a line that offers kind of some sneaky depth. And so um, obviously Lucic or Strom could be GPP options, but I think their salary is going to be a little bit higher. Um, but filling in, it could be Cooper Maruti, Alex Chason, Zach Kason. Any of those guys could slot into that third line, and and I like it for a decent look there. But but yeah, Yamamoto uh, is definitely your your GPP guy here in uh, in Florida. Couple more options, not quite as clear as who who your uh, you know shutdown lock might be. Um, obviously, they they're going to lose Derek McKenzie for a while, so that's going to factor into the lines, kind of change things up a little bit. I think stretch their depth uh, a bit. But who you got? Uh, I like Barkov. He's He's definitely one of the better players on his team, if not the best player. He, t- he centers that top line, already has um, six points in six games, thrown 20 shots on goal as well. Just looking like, looking like the um, leader on this team. He was a second overall pick in 2013. Um, a guy that's more GPP, I, I, it's hard to call him that. It's, it's Keith Yandel. He comes in around 5,000 usually on FanDuel, but he already has seven points in six games. Um, he's, the, he's, the top, he's on the top pairing there. Um, for the Panthers, lined up with um, either Aaron Ekblad or Alex Petrovich. It kind of they, they're definitely shimming the lines around a little bit there, definitely with injuries. Um, but I really like him as a value play, even though he's a little bit more on the expensive side. Yeah, I I think you know Ekblad uh, just hasn't figured it out uh, this season. Uh, pointless through six games. This is a guy that's hit uh, you know the thirty point mark in three of his four seasons, and so. A little surprising to see him uh, struggling out of the gates here, and and I probably would have called him a, a lock at the start of the season, but definitely not the case now. Uh, I think your other options are Jonathan Huberdeau or Trocheck. I think either one of those, uh, you know, is is a decent uh, kind of fifty fifty cash game option uh, for depth. Uh, I actually like uh, Dennis Malgin uh, playing on that that second line right now. Again, this is contingent on playing with Huberto and Trocek. If it's not Malgin, it'll be something else, and then that's my GPP guy. But uh, Malgin's got three assists uh, to start the season here. Uh, I don't really like these either of these goalies. Their, their value is going to come in lower, but Reimer and Hutchison have both really struggled uh, to, to start the season, I guess. Honestly, if you made me pick, I'd probably pick Hutchinson at this point. Uh, one win, two overtime losses, but his G, uh, goals against average GAA is 3.75, uh, and Reimers is actually worse. So um, definitely avoiding the goalies here. Now somewhere you could make an argument not to avoid the goalies would be in Los Angeles with Jonathan Quick. Is he your lock, or do you find somebody else here? In Los Angeles, I really like Giudotti. Um I mean, definitely with just a valuable defensive play. Um, I think that there's, there's a lot of value to be found there. He... He has a goal, four assists, but um, three of his points so far are on the power, excuse, are on the power play um, through eight games, and he, he just he logs the most time on the team as well. He's he's getting over twenty six minutes a game. Um, he's he's probably he's easily one of the better defensemen in the NHL. He definitely doesn't get the the headlines that guys like Brent Burns or Eric Carlson will get, but he's there's a lot of value to be found with Drew Doughty. Um, besides for him, I really like Tanner Pearson as well. Um, he kind of jumbles in between that. Middle six lineup. Now that um, Ilya Kovachuk's in, he had 40 points last season in 82 games. It really hasn't surfaced yet. He only has one point in eight games, but he's getting the power play minutes. So I, I assume that those points are going to come. Um, and the salary is still low on him, so he can be a valuable GPP play. Yeah, you mentioned Kovachuk, and that that's going to be my lock here. Uh, now I get the numbers aren't maybe as flashy as as we maybe expected, given 
you know, uh, how he produced before he left for, for Russia. But let's not forget that was like six years ago. Um, so a little, little longer in the tooth now. So I think five points uh, through, you know, through the first eight games is solid. Uh, his power play numbers haven't really come despite significant ice time. He's averaging 335 with the man advantage. So, um, but I think they will come. It, it, it will get there. You know, he's probably still adjusting a little bit. Now, I mentioned Jonathan Quick as a potential for a lock. Uh, I'm actually going to call him my GPP option, if only because you look at tonight's salary. Um, there's a, you know, we've got an eight-game slate tonight. There's a bunch of net miners out there, and he comes in at 8,000, and that's pretty low um, compared to the other guys out there. I mean, Gibson's at nine, Bobrovsky at 8,900, Ben Bishop 87. And so I'm going to call Jonathan Quick my, my GPP guy here, and especially the matchup tonight going up against Dallas. Uh, going to be a bit of a contrarian pick there. Hasn't won a game yet, but he you know was out for a little bit due to injury. Uh, and I think I think he'll get there, and I'm not. I wouldn't be as worried. I I may consider putting him in my lineup tonight, just because uh, ownership I think is going to be low going against Dallas. But Dallas is a little banged up right now, uh, and wouldn't be the worst option there. So for me, Jonathan Quick right now, if only because of his salary, I'm kind of surprised I'm calling a guy who you know won 33 games last year, 40 games in in 2015, uh, 16 a, a GPP option. But when you compare his salary to the rest of the guys out there, I, I think it's a fair classification. Uh, we'll head to Minnesota next. Bunch of options here. Uh, where, where'd you where'd you find your lock and where'd you find your value? Zach Parise is my lock right now. He has 10 points through eight games. When you look at his last few seasons, he really hasn't um, wowed by any means. I mean, 24 points in 42 games last year. He was definitely struggling with injuries there. Um, he's never really gotten to that point per game pace. I don't really expect it to keep up, but I would definitely ride Parise while he's hot right now um, because he's he's just playing really solid hockey. Um, he's kind of bouncing with, with that top line as well, getting over 19 minutes per game. Um, my value is with Matthew Dumba, though. The salary really hasn't followed him, even though he's on the top pairing with Ryan Suter. Um, he's starting the season off real hot with three goals, two assists um, in eight games, and I believe that he's kind of going to be the next guy up after Ryan Suter or with Ryan Suter who's coming off that, that leg injury from last season. Um, Dumba gets the power play minutes as well, getting over 24 minutes of ice time. And he also just he dishes out a lot of hits, too. He has 23 hits so, uh, so far. So he kind of gets that additional value um, for a defender. So he's my value pick for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that, that Dumba's salary has not jumped uh, significantly. It's definitely trending upwards, but I think I've used him – like almost every night I've put together a, a DFS lineup the last like two weeks that Minnesota's been playing, I feel like I'm putting Dumba in there and I'm like, I'm telling myself like, you can't keep using this guy over and over again, but he keeps producing and his salary is such that it makes it conducive uh, to, to putting him in there. I would almost hazard to call him a lock, uh, especially in 50-50s. Like Jordan said, he's been playing really well. Um, but yeah, his salary is so low that a, a great option is a GPP Jason Zucker, the other guy I uh, kind of key in as far as a lock goes here. Uh, seven points through the first eight games. Power play numbers, again, aren't quite there yet. Uh, he's actually only averaging 127, which is almost about 45-ish uh, seconds lower than than what he was last year. So 
a little more limited uh, time on the power play compared to previous seasons, but three points in the last three games and looking really strong right now. Top line minutes with with Eric Stahl. Um, a GPP option might be whoever's playing the right wing with those guys. Matt Reed is filling in that slot right now. I'm not totally sold on going going quite there. I'm I'm I might be a little nuts. Our, our listeners are, are probably finding, uh, especially one of my takes from from two weeks ago, which uh, regular listener Daniel Negreanu called me out on. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to the Flyers. But I'm not quite so crazy to call Matt Reed a GPP, but it's worth looking to see who's filling that role. Uh, if Jordan Greenway uh, potentially gets up there, JT Brown could get a look. Uh, with Stahl and Zucker, and so just something to keep an eye on. Uh, again, I'm not going in on Matt Reed, but a possibility. From Montreal, uh, a team that's maybe a little bit harder to key in on your lock. Now, uh, if everybody's healthy on this team, Shea Weber's your lock, right? Obviously, uh, you know, that guy's produced when healthy. The problem is he hasn't been healthy for so long. So uh, with him, obviously, off the table, uh, who did you find uh, as your guys here? Yeah, you're right, AJ. It's, it's difficult to find a, find a real lock on this team. Um, I, liked, I like Max Domi in the setup. He has six points through seven games. He's kind of... Um, carving his own niche here in in Montreal um, as being a playmaker. And and he's staying on the ice, too. He only has two penalty minutes so far through seven games. That's something that, I mean, he had all that drama through the preseason with the hit on Aaron Ekblad. But um, he's kind of simmered down and and just playing hockey right now. And he's playing really good hockey. Um, Three of his points have come on the power play. So I like Max Domi as a lock. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's kind of a soft lock on the Canadians. But um, I would take him as for... Uh, more of a GPP option. I like Arturi Lekkonen. He's playing on the second line, um, getting a little bit over 17 minutes per game with power play usage as well. And he already has five points in seven games. Um, he's coming off two seasons where he um, finished under 30 points, but he's playing really solid hockey right at this moment. Um, so he's going to be my GPP option. He's coming in at 4,400 on FanDuel um, Tuesday. Yeah, so Thomas Tatar is where I'll land on on my lock here. Now he's cooled off a bit after back-to-back three-point games, uh, just one assist in the last two, but looking really strong with eight points through seven games. Uh, huge, huge power play ice time minutes right now, 4-10 per game, uh, and that's accounting for almost a fourth of his total ice time is coming uh, with the man advantage. And so uh, for me, I really like Tatar as my lock. As far as depth options, or GPP rather, I've always been a fan of Joel Armia. Has three points uh, through seven games. Now he's not going to like go off and be, you know, suddenly a, a, an 80-point player here, but his value will stay pretty low. Um, he gets uh, gets a look on the power play. And this is the same thing that happened with Armia when he was in Winnipeg. He'll show up as like a third liner, potentially even a fourth liner. And so that might scare you away, but he's consistently still been on the power play, uh, whether in Winnipeg or now uh, in Montreal. And so Joel Armia for me is kind of that sneaky, sneaky pick there. Uh, we'll talk New Jersey Devils next. Uh, this is another team that I think you really have just one option, maybe a second. I, I think you could stretch it to a third, but I think there's one clear guy that's a lock ahead of the rest. Yeah, the, the clear lock here for the um, New Jersey Devils is going to have to be Taylor Hall. He's the best player on the on this, in this lineup. He only has one goal, seven assists through six games. Um, Kyle Palmieri is actually getting all the goals with this team. He has seven goals already. Um, but Taylor Hall is the the dynamic threat on this team. He's coming up a 93-point um, campaign last season with the New Jersey Devils. 
Um, he's he's getting yeah, four and a half minutes on the power play. That's where six of his assists have come. Um, so he's definitely going to be the lock on this New Jersey Devils team. Um, as for more of a um, depth play, I really like Brian Boyle. Brian Boyle is um, coming, kind of coming through this season with three goals already. Um, three goals in six games. He has an assist in there as well. He's not getting the power play minutes, um, even though both of his goals are on the power play. He's only averaging 41 seconds on the power play this season because he's kind of been bumped off of it at times. Um, but I really do like Brian Boyle so far. He's he's a real cheap option too on FanDuel. Uh, you just said Brian Boyle, and I thought you were nuts, to be totally honest. And I was like, Brian Boyle, what is he talking about? And I had to go over and look. Does have those three goals and an assist through six games, playing really well uh, right now. And so, yeah, I I I think you're right on there. But uh, I think that's a guy. You know, it's not always kind of been his style, especially of late. Uh, he's a fourth liner, and so to Jordan's point, I, I think his ownership is going to be really low. Uh, and so, yeah, might be a player to key in on. Uh, another GPP option that I love. Surprise, surprise, Jean Sebastian D. Um, Talking the former Penguin here, three goals uh, since joining uh, since joining the team. Uh, no no power play time for him, which is why I put him in that GPP category. Uh, kind of got to watch where he's going to suit up, but with uh, Zajac injured, has been getting third line uh, responsibilities, and so I really really like him as a GPP. And Palmieri is the other lock. Taylor Hall, I think, is the key, but Palmieri is is just firing pucks into the back of the net right now. Now he doesn't have any goals in the last two games, but I think that's more of a blip than than a concern long-term here. Uh, and you look at those seven goals, four of them have come on the power play, uh, so getting that little bit of added uh, added value there. We'll talk Nashville Predators next. Uh, obviously, the big news with this club, Pekka Rene uh, on IR. Kind of a surprise um, you know, trip to IR. Now it's still considered undisclosed uh, what's going on there. Sounds more or less like it uh, could be a concussion here. No official announcement from the team, but uh, obviously he'll be out long term. If he's in, I think Pekka Rene is probably the, the chalkiest play on this team uh, night after night. Uh, but from there, what do you got? Um, besides, yeah, besides for Pecorine, um, that, that whole top line you can find a lot of value on. I really like Philip Forsberg as the chalk, um, just because he has five goals in eight games played. But also, I don't, I don't want to discount Ryan Johansson, who's just going to be a cheaper option than Philip Forsberg as well, and he's he's getting a lot of the same production. Um, he has two goals and five assists in in eight games. Um, he's not firing the puck as much; only has 15 shots on net, but he's getting big time power play minutes. Um, he can dish out some hits now and then as well. So I really like Ryan Johansson as the, um, the my chalky pick on this team. Um, for GPP options, though, I, I look at the defenders. Um, Matthias Ekholm on a on a crowded blue line. He pairs up with PK Subban, so he's overshadowed a bit there just on um, name recognition. But he's he comes in at forty five hundred on Fanduel despite having um, seven points so far and. In as many games, I believe, um, seven points in eight games so far. So he's coming in real as a real value option, um, mainly because he doesn't get those power play minutes. But he's off to a real hot start right now. Yeah, and I'll actually go with PK Subban as as my lock here. I, th- I think he, uh, you know, his point total might not be quite as as high as as what you maybe would have expected uh, this early in the season. But six points through eight games is certainly great production. Just one power play assist, and that's obviously the concern. 
you know, you look at his totals last season, had 25 points, uh, not quite half, but, you know, pushing almost half of his points came on the power play, and that hasn't been the case so far this season. Um, but again, most of these teams, I know we're like a month in here and we've said like, you know, getting adjusted, stuff like that, but it takes a little bit for some of these power plays to really start clicking. Uh, as far as GPP, uh, look, UC Saros is coming in at 8,100, so that's definitely up there. I don't know if you call that full GPP, but again, given the price tag of the other guys, um, certainly an option. You know, one guy that I really like based on everything I've seen mostly in the AHL, now he's not even showing up on FanDuel yet, um, but when and if he gets uh, a start here, Troy Grosinick, um from the coming up from the Admirals, I think has produced really solid numbers in the minors. And I think he'll come in, you know, he'll be a low, low cost. But you look at guys maybe last year, uh, Aaron Dell would be my kind of comparison. Dell always had a low salary, but produced really well last season uh, in replacement starts. Now, it'll obviously depend on how long Ren is out if Grosnick actually gets a start at all over UC Saros, but I think if he does, uh, I'm going to for sure put him in my lineup that night because I, I just think he has all the tools that you want and his salary is going to be probably in the low to mid 7,000s, uh, so really going to be a steal there for you. Uh, we'll talk Islanders next. Uh, another team dealing with a few injuries, uh, but for the most part is healthy and actually hasn't looked too terrible in the post-Tavares era. Uh, and so I think there's a couple of guys you maybe could consider for your lock here. Yeah, I really like Marth- Matthew Barzell. Um, he was color Trophy guy last year. Um, has one goal, six assists through seven games so far. He's shooting at, yeah, he's shooting at, um, oh no, excuse me, uh, Philippa right now is shooting at 50%. So he's a guy that, that fantasy owners might be biting on, but that's just a rate that's not going to keep up. Um, I like Matthew Barzell as, as a top-line center there. Um, and my GPP option is the guy that flanks him. It's Andrew Ladd. Um, you can find him last week on FanDuel for three thousand, um, which is which is quite low for a guy that already has four points through four games. Um, he's never really been one to command points of late. He only had twenty nine points last season, but now he's on a top line with with Matthew Barzell. I really see him coming to fruition here as a, a solid value play in fantasy settings. Yeah, if, if healthy, uh, he left practice early yesterday. Doesn't sound like the team is too concerned, but if healthy, I think Josh Bailey is my lock here. Uh, seven points or six points rather through seven games, and I think slots in you know more often than not with Barzell and Andrew Ladd on that top line. Although him and Eberly could flip uh, periodically. As far as uh, GPP options, look, uh, the netminders here are kind of a quandary, um, but Robin Lerner. Has has decent outings, uh, you know, if it's the right matchup. You look, you know, he had that 35 save shutout against San Jose, um, but he also had the, you know, four goals allowed against Nashville and, again, in a reverse uh, matchup with San Jose, gave up four against them. But he's seen a ton of shots. He saw 41 shots in that game, uh, 35 the previous time against San Jose. So Robin Lerner, based on matchup, uh, could be an option to look at. I probably don't look at uh, look at Grice uh, regardless of matchup. I just don't see his numbers uh, really holding up there. But either one of these guys, this is the same thing we saw last season. Uh, the Islanders give up a ton of shots uh, on their netminders, and so uh, those guys will help you out in that category. I think you got to pick and choose when they might get a win, though, uh, and kind of go from there. Uh, we'll talk the other New York club, uh, the Rangers, next. Uh, who do you like here? 
I like um, Chris Kreider. He's been playing real well so far. He already has four goals, two assists. Um, he's shooting at 15% right now. I'm not sure if he's going to keep that up, but he's playing top-line minutes, top-line power play as well. Um, just a real solid effort so far. Already fired 26 shots on, on net, dishes out 15 hits. So there's, there's just a lot of diversified value there for Chris Kreider. Um, on just a, on a team that's re, that's just clearly rebuilding as well. Um, I, I I'm way too hesitant to go with Henrik Lundqvist just because wins are such an important category. Um, he only has two wins so far this season, and even though he's playing real well with above a .92 save percentage, um, so I was for, for my GPP option, I go with Neil Pionk. He's a top pairing defenseman right now. Already has four assists through six games. Just 23 years old, so he's kind of a young guy, and that salary hasn't followed him. But three of his four assists have been on the power play. So he's getting all the opportunities he needs to succeed on this Rangers team. And I, I see him as a, lot, a real valuable um, player for the Rangers. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with both of those calls. Um, as Again, as kind of other options here, Matt Zuccarello, I think, is a solid lock uh, look. Now, granted... I understand he doesn't have any goals through the first eight games, but got six uh, helpers over that stretch, half of those coming on the power play, and seems to be kind of, uh, you know, it, it'll come. Those goals will get there. He's getting plenty of opportunities, averaging 19.33 of ice time, which is really uh, pretty high for a for, uh, forward. So it, it's definitely going to come. So for me, I think he's my lock. As far as depth, uh, you know, GPP guys, Again, there's there's nobody really that you know jumps out at me a ton, but Vladimir Vladislav Nemesnikov, I think, is a guy to look at. Now he's playing fourth line minutes, really hasn't seemed to settle in with the Rangers. His numbers while with Tampa are astronomically higher. Uh, you look last season before making the jump, had 44 points in 62 games for the Lightning, and then came over to the Rangers just four points in 19. And I do think part of that is he's just being miscast. Uh, and, and not getting a look. He was playing top six uh, wing you know, with guys like Stamkos and Kucherov while in Tampa, and now you've got him uh, as your fourth-line center with you know, Vinny Letary and Cody McLeod. Like, the guy can only do so much you know, with the guys around him. So uh, it, I do think he still offers some decent scoring opportunities, and so for me, a solid GPP look there. Uh, talking Ottawa next. Uh, for for me, I'm I'm hopefully not stealing your thunder here, but I've definitely maybe overused. But Brady to Chuck uh, before the injury, I think was was definitely my uh, kind of guy. I was using frequently uh, six points through four games, and so he was my GPP, if only because his salary hadn't really gotten there. So hopefully, I didn't steal your thunder on to Chuck. But uh, who you got here? Yeah, I I was really looking at to Chuck there. I'm um, just because he was injured. I wasn't really gonna bring him up too much. Um, Matt Duchesne still is could be considered a lock right now. Um, he's he's going he's in the contract year right now. Eight eight points through seven games. But the guy that I'm most interested in is a guy that can be considered a GPP, but also a lock, and that's Thomas Chabot on the blue line. He's definitely filling that that void that Eric Carlson leaves behind. Um, he already has two goals and nine points through seven games. Just kind of quietly doing it too, because he's he's in the, he's with the Ottawa Senators, a team that um, is is definitely less flashy. Um, now that it doesn't have Eric Carlson, so he's he's quietly doing it. It's only forty two hundred dollars on draft. I mean on FanDuel right now. Um, so a player like that that's getting consistent power play minutes as well as could be considered a lock, even though he's at such a low value that he could be considered a GPP as well. Yeah, for me, I think my lock uh, other option there is going to be Mark Stone, uh, four goals, two assists. 
coming off a, a three-point performance in his most recent outing. Uh, so numbers, you know, you might say are a little inflated by that one game, but I think that's more indicative of what he's going to do on a night-to-night basis. Uh, and so Mark Stone, for me, definitely the lock. Uh, kind of the GPP options here. I think you got to look at who's playing with Duchesne. Now, uh, Michael Mikael Boddicker has been getting a lot of it. On the flip side, Colin White filling in for that spot right now. Um, that's been a little bit of a transition spot there. And so uh, kind of keep an eye on that. Who's playing with Mark Stone? You know, Chris Tierney centering that line right now. Um, so there's a couple guys I think that you just look at based on their their assignments and, and how they land. Um, now we'll talk Philadelphia Flyers next. Uh, I think we can both probably firmly say you're avoiding uh, the netminders here. Uh, they're, they're not really offering a whole lot in, in either format, whether you want them to, they're definitely not locks and I don't think they're GPP options either. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't touch either of these goaltenders, even though I'm a huge Brian Elliott guy. He used to play for my blues. I mean, um, had some successful playoffs with him, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Brian Elliott right now. Definitely just cause Philly, Philly is kind of struggling right now as a whole, um, struggling to get wins and the, the goaltending is definitely not helping that cause. Um, so as my lock, I would definitely go with Claude, Claude Giroux. Um, already has 11 points in nine games. Again, the second most time on ice um, between the forwards, just to Sean Couture, who really isn't um, playing up to the caliber that he can thus far. He only has three goals in nine games. So I really like Sean, Couture's, Sean Couturier's play. Um, as for my GPP option, I like Oscar Lindbaum. Um, he's, he's scoring. He only has two goals through nine games. But when, when he's on the ice, um, when, when he's getting power play minutes especially, he can produce well. He's shooting at a 13% rate right now. Um, even though he's, he's kind of a bottom six um, feeder, you can find a lot of value with him with the low salary that's usually below 4000 Yeah, so I, I teased this off the top, and, and I'm going to go a little off script here. And let's, let's talk about one of my takes that uh, you know our, our listener and, and friend of the show, Daniel Negreanu, called me out on, and, and maybe Jordan agrees with him. Uh, last week I, I took the hot take that, Nolan Patrick wouldn't hit the 30-point mark. Uh, had that injury come up that night, felt a little bad about that, felt like we kind of put bad vibes out there, but uh, back after a three-game absence and two goals in two games after coming back. So uh, I'm obviously not looking not looking too sweet on that, but it's $1 against a billion uh, in our bet if you followed along with that on Twitter. And so uh, I think I'm still getting good value in the, in that bet, um, but I'm, I'm not looking so good. What do you think, Jordan? Too hot of a take that Nolan Patrick wouldn't uh, reach 30 points? It's a... I mean, I don't think it's that it, – it's out there for sure. It's not something <laughs> I would ever put money on myself. I could definitely see it happening, though. Um, he, he's such a skill, skilled player. Yeah, he was the number two overall pick last season. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's going to hit 30 points this season um, just based on the fact that he's he's top six. He's going to be getting those power play minutes. Um, and he's he's definitely kind of almost coming to become a leader on this team. The, the one goal that he did have was a tip-in. Um, but I think that if he can continue to be a net front guy like that, he can surpass 30 points. But at the same time, he's only getting 13 minutes per game. So I don't think that it's that far off to say that he could fall short this season. I mean, it's one of those kind of sophomore slumps. All right. So um, Jordan, not necessarily taking my take, but at least he gave me a little bit. Uh, didn't call me insane, but we'll see how it pans out. It's, it's definitely not looking good with two goals in two games back, so we'll see how it goes from there. But uh, we'll talk about my Penguins next. Uh, I, you know, For me, there's, there's one guy above the rest here as the lock, but uh, I want to see if, if you keyed in on him. 
Um, yeah, it, it's pretty clear right now that nobody's playing better um, in this Pittsburgh lineup than Evgeny Malkin. Two points per game. Um, sure, he's, he's the second best center on this team behind Sidney Crosby, but that kind of plays to his benefit because um, teams can only key in on one of them, and it's, it's Sidney Crosby and not Malkin. Um, so Malkin already has three goals, nine assists so far through six games, um, getting those power play minutes as well. He's just he's, he's a layup lock right now, I would say. Um, behind him, though, I, I go with the guy that's on the line with him. It's Carl Hagelin. Carl Hagelin only has two points so far through six games, but he's playing with Evgeny Malkin. You can find him at a real cheap price, usually around that 4000 range. Um, he's not getting the power play minutes, which is why he doesn't get the same um, respect as in fantasy salaries, but Carl Hagelin is definitely a GPP play. Yeah, and I think the other option uh, for me as far as a lock goes is is Phil the Thrill Kessel uh, has eight points through six games, and he's playing you know on on that line. And, and what I love about these two guys is they're you know you have to get a little bit creative with the rest of your lineup, but stacking Kessel and Malkin together uh, is a, a great play. Not only because they're on the same line together, but they both play on the top power play unit together. And so putting these two guys uh, together in your lineup, like I said, they're they're not cheap. Uh, they're going to cost you some money, um, but you know you can figure out ways. There's there's ways to do it. As far as the GPP option for me, right now I'm looking at Brian Rust. Uh, he's up there with Crosby and Gensel right now, uh, and that yes, Crosby is in a bit of a slump out the season. Hasn't found the back of the net yet, um, but I'm I wouldn't be worried about that at all. I think Rust. Uh, you know, almost has to just fall into some points playing with those two guys. Um, it's hard not to score when you're when you're with Crosby and Gensel right now, and so that obviously could change if Patrick Hornquist is up there. I'm I'm not as high on on Brian Rust, um, but for me right now, based on how they're stacking up, I think Rust is your GPP option. Uh, we'll talk San Jose Sharks next. Uh, who you got uh, at the top? There's that stacked blue line there, and that's just something that kind of worries me is who's going to get the points between Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. So I. I lock in on Evander Kane. He's had 21 points in 25 games since he's um, came to San Jose. He's clearly found a lot of chemistry with Joe Pavelski on the top line um, and top power play as well. He's getting he only has two points on the power play thus far, but he's he's definitely showing that he's just a gifted goal scorer and he's much more comfortable in this situation than he was in Buffalo, I believe as well. Um, as for GPP options, that's where I like to go back to the blue line. Um, Mark Edward Vlasic, he's paired up with Eric Carlson. He's playing really solid hockey right now just because he's getting. Um, another solid player with them. And Eric Carlson, he has three assists through eight games. I think those points will follow him as well because he's getting power play minutes too. Um, and you can find him a lot cheaper than the other blue line options. Yeah, for sure. And and look, I think Carlson and Burns, uh, yes, they're they're still adjusting to you know playing with each other. But I think um, either one of those guys, I think, still could fall into that lock category. They're going to get their points. Um, but I think you hit you know, hit it right on the head with, with Evander Kane. And for me, my GPP guy is whoever's playing with Pavelski and Kane. Uh, right now it's Kevin LeBanc, um, but that has changed a little bit periodically with Joe Thornton out of the lineup. They've kind of shuffled around who's playing that wing spot. Timo Meyer's gotten looks up there, Jonas Donskoy as well. Um, but for me right now it's LeBanc, but hey, whoever's playing with Kane and Pavelski is your GPP option with this club. Uh, we'll talk uh, your team, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, for me, long time has always been Robbie Fabry as like a GPP. The problem is he's never in the lineup, unfortunately. Um, but when he is, I, I love Robbie Fabry. Uh, hopefully he can finally get healthy and actually play some hockey. I would love to see this guy actually get on the ice for a while, and hopefully he can still play after those uh, you know, back-to-back knee issues. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see Rob, Robbie Faber get back in the lineup. I've, I know better than to get my hopes up at this point. Um, <laughs> Coach Mike Yo has basically said that with Fabry, he's been his knee's healthy, but in the process, he's been kind of favoring other parts of his body, and that's why he has a groin injury now. Um, they're, they're definitely not going to rush him back in the lineup. They don't want to see him with a long-term injury again. So um, I wouldn't count on him anytime soon. Um, hopefully sometime by maybe Thanksgiving he'll be getting in the lineup, I think. Um, but as for my lock right now, it's Ryan O'Reilly. Um, he's with the new team right now, but he's definitely um, showing that he's a leader on this team and, and that it, it's just a good situation for him to be in. He already has two goals, eight assists in eight games, um, getting huge power play minutes, over four minutes per game. And this power play definitely looks a lot more um, fluid with Ryan O'Reilly in it. It's a power play unit that finished near that last in the league last year. Um, Ryan O'Reilly's helped pick that up by just opening up the ice for guys like Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, Tarasenko's a guy that's kind of um, struggling to begin the year. He doesn't have the goals to show for it. He's only scored in one game this season. Um, but as for a GPP option, there's a lot to there's a lot to choose there just because Mike Yo really shuffles the lines around a lot. Um, he, he's put rookies on the top line. Um, Jordan Kyrou is a guy that he's put in the top six occasionally. Zach Sanford as well is a guy that's getting top six minutes. And both have, have not really thrived in that role, but they could be GPP options. But the one that I really like is Vince Dunn. Um, Vince Dunn is... He, he was actually a healthy scratch for two games earlier this season because he was struggling so much defensively. Um, but he's known as an offensive forward um, by all accounts, and he's, he's showed it lately. He had two goals last night against, I mean, two assists, excuse me, two points against Winnipeg last night. Um, already has three goals and an assist so far this season through six games, and he's getting huge power play minutes as well. He has four minutes so far um, per game on the power play. So even though he did struggle earlier this year, he's butt heads with Mike, Mike Yo so far. Um, he comes in under $4,000 almost every night on FanDuel. Um, he's the value option and at 21 years old. Yeah, I, I think Tarasenko is the, the other lock here. Uh, eight point, uh, six points, rather, to start the, the year in eight games. Uh, he's going to produce. He's going to get minutes uh, in all aspects of the game. And so for me, Tarasenko kind of a to, – to steal your term, you're, you're a bit of a layup lock here on this team. As far as – um, you know, GPP, I really like Tyler Bozak. I, I get, um, you know, hasn't produced a ton yet to start the season, um, but he is seeing plenty of time on the power play, 346, despite uh, filling in that third line center role. Just two points to show for it right now. Um, but he's also 1709, uh, you know, in all situations of ice time there. And so uh, it, I think, you know, his value is, is going to be pretty low, but. I think he can offer offer you something uh, for your lineup here. We'll talk Tampa Bay Lightning next. Um, did you shy away from Nikita Kucherov as your lock, or did you did you just pull the trigger and go with it? You know, I, I shied away from it, um, and every time I say that I shied away from Kucherov as a lock, it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, but right now, Yanni Gord's playing really good hockey, um, has a point in six straight games right now, um, four goals, four assists. He's leading the team in goals as well. Um, but you can really take a lot of any of these guys as a lock. I mean, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Kucherov, those are all guys that can be considered locks. Um, definitely with that deadly power play that the Tampa Bay Lightning have. Um, as for more of a GPP guy, I really like Dan Girardi in this situation. Um, I think he struggled a couple years ago with the Rangers, but he's, he's kind of more comfortable in this role that he has with the Tampa Bay Lightning. He doesn't get the power play minutes, so his salary def- definitely hasn't jumped up, and you can find value with him. He has three assists so far through seven games. Um, on the top pairing for Tampa Bay. Yeah, for me, I'm going to look between the nets as far as a lock here. Andre Vasilevsky uh, seems to be right on on track for uh, 
you know, for the, the Vesna uh, contention here, three wins, one loss, one OT loss, a, a 2.16 goals against average right now. Um, and so looking really strong now. Granted, his last time out was a bit of a bust. Uh, gave up five on 34 uh, shots, but he got the night off. Should be back and ready to go. Uh, and I think more often than not, I think he's uh, more likely to get a shutout than he is to get shelled for five, I think, uh, more often than not. So for me, that's my lock. As far as, you know, GPP, I do think there's, you know, really a lot of options on this team. Uh, Dan Girardi is is a great pick there. Um, but even, you know, looking at uh, almost anybody on their third line right now, Alex Killorn, Anthony Sorelli, Matthew Joseph, I think any one of those guys could factor in. And even this fourth line, to be perfectly honest, I, I love this lineup from top to bottom. JT Miller, Cedric Paquette, Ryan Callahan, all uh, are capable of scoring periodically. And so really, uh, it's almost there's almost too many options to kind of pick one guy as your GPP. But if you're looking, you know, if you've built your lineup uh, with a bunch of other teams and you're like, you know, oh, I, I spent up really high. I need somebody cheap who's going to score. You know, head over to Tampa, see – you know, who they're playing and, and maybe try and key in on some of those guys. Um, another team with a ton of options uh, to put pucks in the back of the net is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, obviously, I think our choice here is John Tavares, Austin Matthews. Who you got for your lock? I got Austin Matthews right now. I think he's he's kind of determined um, to show that he is he's the guy in Toronto. I mean, he likes having John Tavares with him. It, it adds a lot of balance to the lineup. But 10 goals, 6 assists through 9 games. Um, four of those goals have come on the power play. Austin Matthews is just playing incredible hockey. Um, I'm kind of tired of the whole best player in the world conversation between him and McDavid because <laughs> I still think McDavid's a better player. But Austin Matthews has a, has a legit shot at the Rock and Richard Trophy this year. Um, definitely with that release that he has, that um, he can fire pucks on that um, like nobody's business. So I really like Austin Matthews. And for GPP options, pretty much whoever is playing on um, right wing with him right now, and right now is Kasperi Kapanen. Um, he's a real cheap option, usually below 4000 but he already has eight points in nine games, so he could even um, be in that lock conversation just because he's he's so cheap, um, and he's playing with Austin Matthews. Doesn't get the power play minutes because has such a stacked power play already. But eight points in nine games, playing on the top line with um, the best player in Toronto is definitely uh, my pick for GPP. Yeah, and you know the other lock, obviously, I alluded to it off the top is John Tavares. Um, obviously. Only one assist in his last four games, but it's probably just a blip in the road. I, I don't expect that to be really a long-term option or issue uh, for him, rather. GPP, Casper Kapanen is obviously – I actually really like Par Lindholm on that third line. Uh, just two points uh, to start the season, but I think he'll you know, maybe start getting a couple looks uh, with the second power play unit at some point here. Now, granted, this is a team that uh, utilizes that top unit more uh, – more heavily than than the other ones so even if he is on the second unit may not see a ton of minutes but gpp option i really like par lindholm uh, on this club vancouver is our next team up uh and and i want to know uh did you did you struggle with your lock pick here was there somebody who just jumped off the page at you right away there's one guy that jumps off the page to me and he's injured right now Um, (laughs) it's the rookie he's He's so much fun to watch. I, I've I've had such a good time seeing his highlights, seeing him play. Um, the 19-year-old Eliash Pedersen, um, five goals, three assists through five games. I mean, he's shooting right now at a 38% rate. It's not going to continue um, when he gets back from injury, and it's not clear when he's going to be back. But apparently, he's taking big steps in recovery. He's 
He's um, progressing through his concussion protocol. And he's getting big power play minutes when he is on the ice, too, with over four minutes per game. Um, I think that he's definitely something that Canucks fans should be very excited about. He He's going to keep them in that playoff conversation, I believe. Um, so he's my lock there. But you could also take a guy like Bo Horvat or Brock Besser as well. Um, as for GPP, I'm, I'm skeptical of this, but I, I, I like to look in the, in the crease right now with Anders Nielsen. Um, he's a player that has struggled. He struggled last year, had just seven wins in 27 games, um, a .901 save percentage last year. But he's he's came out of the gate fairly decent so far with a .914 save percentage, had three wins in his first three starts of the season. At the matchups, right, um, it definitely helps with Pedersen's back as well. He can be a real valuable goaltender for a daily fantasy lineup. Yeah, I, I really like Bo Horvat uh, as the lock here. Five goals, two assists. Uh, four of those points coming on the power play. Uh, and so I think for me, Horvat, uh, definitely the lock option there. Adam Gaudet is my GPP guy. And, you know, obviously the, the concern there is that he doesn't have any points yet, missed a few games to, you know, was down in the minors to start the year. And so um, ice time somewhat limited, but is getting looks on the power play with the second unit. Uh, with Pedersen out, I think he's going to, you know, get a chance. If he can hang around, he's playing top six minutes with Berchi and Vertanen right now. And so his salary is not going to reflect uh, the type of player he can be. So I definitely like him as, as the GPP option. Uh, we'll head to the desert next, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you know, Willie Carlson uh, off to another torrid pace. Uh, is he your lock or did you land somewhere else? Uh, yeah, Willie Carlson's doing really well as well. But I really like Jonathan Marchessault. Um, he came out of the gate hot, and he's and he stayed hot as well. Um, five goals, five assists so far in eight games. He's getting those power play minutes, and I mean William Carlson is definitely um, kind of the dynamic leader on this team. He's the top line center, but Marchessault has really shown in, that last year wasn't a fluke at all, um, and this year he's he's kind of here to stay. Um, as for a GPP option, I like Cody Eakin. He's at third line center right now. Um, he has three goals, one assist through five games. He's starting to get power play minutes too, which is um, something I like about him. He's shooting at a 42% rate. Obviously, this, this, this pace isn't going to keep up. Um, but right now, at this time, um, getting power play minutes while he can, I would definitely see Cody Eakin as a value option. Yeah, and so I'll, I'll talk about Willie Carlson as, as my lock here. Two goals, six assists, point per game pace right now, which is right about where he was at last year uh, with 78 points in 82 games. Uh, filling in in all facets of the game, and so I really think – uh, he'll he'll be um, your your solid lock here, and I I think the thing that you know also factors in is he does do penalty killing as well. Like I said, playing all three facets of the game might get a shorthanded goal from time to time, uh, and so that that'll really help you as well. He uh, had four shorties last year, so uh, definitely is, is in contention for those as well. And, and I love everything he's doing. I, I was a little concerned that he'd have a drop off compared to, to last season. Um, but it seems like he's right on pace. Uh, as far as, you know, other options here, uh, depth option, Thomas Nosek, I think is a good, uh, solid GPP play. Another guy who hasn't really come out strong, just one goal through the eight games, but, uh, you know, was seeing power play minutes. Now the last two games, He's been off the power play, and so that's seen his time on ice drop closer to you know, 12 and a half, 13 minutes. Uh, and so we'll see if he can get back on that power play. But Thomas Nosek, uh, my GPP option there. 
Washington Capitals, pretty open and shut case on this one, huh? Um, I mean, kind of. If I could pick them all, I would, really. I mean, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, um, Carlson, they're all really solid players. I mean, Ovechkin obviously has the most upside because he's the one that's scoring the goals out here. He has eight goals, five assists through eight games, over five minutes on the power play per game. Just just a monstrous stat line right now. Um, all that partying this summer definitely has not hindered him in the slightest. <laughs> um, but really, you can't go wrong with any of those guys, these guys. They all have 13 points each. Um, John Carlson has 13 points right now. Just um, an excellent defender if you're looking for a lock there. Um, you can't really go wrong with any of these guys at all. Uh, as for a GPP, I really like Brett Conley. Um, he's a guy that I, I think is very skilled and, like you said earlier, in all facets of the game, it's important. He can definitely penalty kill. He can go on the power play. He doesn't get the same power play minutes because he is on the second line power play that um, is highly overshadowed by that top line. Um, but I really like Brett Conley so far. He has a, he has a goal, five assists um, through eight games. And I think that that production can definitely follow um, him as well. Yeah, and and for me, you know, you you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, any number of guys could kind of factor in the lock. TJ Oshie, another name to consider as far as lock goes. Um, for for GPP, honestly, I, I'm a little surprised. It's it's not really his style of play. But Devontae Smith Pelly uh, looks like he's going to play on that top line with Alexander Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov. Kind of honestly feeling that Tom Wilson role, kind of a, a a grittier player on that top line. And so I think he could um, pick up some points in the next few games as long as he stays there. Obviously, um, it's been a little bit of a, a revolving door as far as who's going to fill in uh, in that top right wing spot with, with Wilson still serving that suspension. So for now, GPP play Devontae Smith-Pelly and now we'll we'll rub a little salt in the wounds as we have to talk about Winnipeg after the the overtime winner last night. Um, but who do you like here? Um, the lock they're putting the St. Louis Blues is going to be Mark Sheffelli. He's had six points already in two games against the Blues. Um, but besides for that, he's just been solid in either way. I mean, four goals, five assists through nine games. He's been a point per game player for the last couple of years now um, with substantial power play usage. Already has four power play points. Um, just as a top line guy right now. And a guy that I really like as a GPP option is Brian Little. He's stepping into that um, second-line role that Paul Stastny left behind after he um, signed with the Vegas Golden Knights. And Brian Little is the one that actually tied up the goal last night against the Blues, but he's playing really good hockey as well. Three goals and an assist so far, um, 17 shots on net. He can definitely up that a little bit, but he's getting the power play usage as well. Um, about a buck 30 per game he's getting. Um, and he, he plays that kind of gritty style of hockey. We'll, we'll stand in front of the net, be a net from presidents. I really like Brian Little. Yeah, I, th- I think those are both, uh, you know, both style of plays. Um, for me, my lock uh, has to be, you know, Shifley or Wheeler. I think either one uh, could be your lock here. I don't, I don't think there's, um, you know, too, too big of a difference between the two. I think they're both capable of producing, you know, high 60s even pushing for 80s obviously Wheeler a little bit ahead in terms of you know 91 points last year and whether he can get back there or not we'll see but those guys uh, and even Patrick Laine can be considered a lock he's got such you know he really fills um, if you compare their power play to that of Washington Laine and Ovechkin are pretty much in that same role Uh, they kind of just sneakily find that empty space which amazes me for both these guys Ovechkin especially but even Line like how do you leave this guy so wide open back door for those one-timers 
every single time, uh, and and they they'll make you pay. Um, and so any one of those guys as your lock. Uh, I like uh, you know looking at the other side, Nikolai Ehlers uh, as another GPP play. No goals yet this season. Three helpers uh, start off the season in in a bit of a different role. They had him uh, down on in bottom six, but they've got him back with Little and Line. A. And I think anybody playing playing with Line is is got a chance to find points. So for me, Nikolai Ehlers, kind of your GPP, and and Connor Hellybuck, uh, yeah, wasn't the best outing last night, but I think he could also factor in as your lock as well. Um, a little bit inconsistent so far this season. He's got you know three games in which he's allowed four or more goals, but he's also got. Um, you know, two, uh, three games where he's only given up one. So uh, a little bit of inconsistency there, but if he can get that all together, um, he'll, he'll definitely, uh, be considered a lock for you. And so that rounds up kind of our lengthy, uh, segment here. Um, you know, talking about our, our GPPs and our locks, uh, you know, over on, on daily, we'll have Paul back next week. And so we'll get back to kind of our usual format there. Um, before we build out our lineups here, just want to you know thank FanDuel for their continued sponsorship. Over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. As always, there is that special offer for new users. If you sign up today, new to FanDuel, go to Roto- uh, FanDuel.com/rw. Can get a free six month subscription to RotoWire. Obviously, the the FanDuel contests are void where prohibited. We'll talk building our lineups, but we'll start uh, with the optimizer here. And Optimizer looking at some plays that uh, we kind of highlighted today. So it starts big with uh, a double center stack in Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl coming in 9,100, 6,500 respect, uh, respectively uh, going up against Pittsburgh tonight. So a bit of a tough matchup, but McDavid produces every single night and, and Dreisaitl is a great option as well. For wings, um, it's going Pasternak, who you talked about a little bit at 8,200. Timo Meyer for San Jose at 48, and then Kyler Yamamoto, uh, who you again highlighted 3,400, and Danton Heinen uh, playing on that second line, 3,200. So a couple of uh, players there that we talked about. Brent Burns as its big payup on D, and then goes Seth Jones, who I talked about coming back tonight at just 5,000. And then in the Nets, uh, Optimizer likes Yaroslav Halak, 7,700, hard to beat that. So and you know the the math uh, seems to hold up to what uh, to what we like here, um, and some guys that we talked about. Uh, where did you? Uh, how did you build out your lineup tonight? Yeah, I went top heavy on my lineup right now with the centers. I, I started with getting Malkin and, and Patrice Bergeron, um, and then I, I decided to, to flank Patrice Bergeron with David Pasternak, kind of stacking the lineup a little. Boston there at the top. Um, that was that was real expensive for me, so I really had to cut salary elsewhere. Um, and that's where I got Chris Kreider for good value at 6,300. Um, I think that he's he's definitely due for another goal tonight against the um, Florida Panthers as he's getting just huge minutes for the for the Rangers. And then at wing, I win Kaylor Yamamoto as well. Um, that was one of those value picks I talked about earlier. He's going to be lined up with McDavid tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's going to be a tough matchup for him. Um, he's a young guy. This is a huge, um, almost primetime game between... Because just a storyline of McDavid versus Crosby, it's always going to bring in the, the viewers and the pressure. But I like Yamamoto to uh, maybe get one of those piggyback assists with Connor McDavid. Um, and then I went with Carl Hagelin to compliment Evgeny Malkin. He's a real cheap option right now at 3,700. Um, 
he can also get some of those piggyback points with him and Phil Kessel on the same line. Um, and I still have to save money here on defense, so I went with Matias Ekholm. He's, he's at the point-per-game pace right now, but he's only 4,500 points against San Jose. Um, and best of all, he's on that second defensive pairing for Nashville. Gives him some help there. And then Darnell Nurse for Edmonton as well. Um, Darnell Nurse is getting off to kind of a hot start, too. He has two goals and assists so far. Um, I like to see what he can do against Pittsburgh there. Um, and, then, and then I went with Yaroslav Halak. Um, I see him as a lot more comfortable in that number two role right now with Boston. And he just has a favorable matchup against Ottawa. Um, Ottawa is obviously struggling. They've shown some some mojo lately, but I think that he can shut them down right now. And he's a, a great value at 7,700. Um, so that rounds up my lineup for FanDuel tonight. Alrighty, So I uh, have some similar looks, um, but uh, like you said, I, I paid up at the top and, and it starts with uh, kind of what I alluded to. I did the Malkin Kessel stack, 8,700 for Evgeny Malkin, 79 for Phil Kessel tonight. Uh, those guys just click so well and uh, are playing on the power play. And I spent even more money and put Connor McDavid in there too. So 9,100 Connor McDavid, 87 Evgeny Malkin, 79 for Phil Kessel. So obviously uh, that's pretty much my entire pool of money there. So I had to find some some cheaper options. And I filled out my wingers with three uh, guys who are playing first-line minutes tonight and are all coming in at less than 4000 Alex Iafalo for Los Angeles at 3800 Dominic Cahoon for Chicago at 3600 and then Brian Rust at 3600 as well. Uh, so if you need kind of uh, deep options, all three guys, first-liners, less than 4000 Seth Jones, uh, I think, is too good of a play not to use him tonight at 5000 uh, And... Kind of with those wingers, I did actually find I had a little bit of cash left, and so I did uh, pay up for P.K. Subban tonight playing against Nashville 6,000. And so if you're doing the math on that, I obviously didn't have a whole lot left uh, in goal. I actually really like Alexander Georgiev tonight for the Rangers. They're at home, uh, 7,200, so he's the cheapest goaltender out there tonight playing the Panthers who uh, have have shown flashes of of, – flashes but they've got Michael Hutchinson they're kind of leaking goals tonight um so I'm not expecting Georgiev to pitch a shutout but I think maybe two three goals allowed bunch of shots and then picks up the win is kind of what I'm hoping for tonight Uh, and so went really cheap there to kind of pay up the rest of the way so uh that's how I built my lineup and that's hopefully going to help you uh with your lineups this week so um we'll wrap it up there uh this episode of Puckcast with Stassman and AJ featuring our guest uh Phil and Jordan Mazzara here uh we'll have Paul back next week we'll kind of transition back to that format that you're a little more familiar with um let me know on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, did you like this format? Did you not like it? Uh, how did you? How did it compare to two weeks ago when I had uh, Mike G on, or and how it compares to our normal uh, kind of you know thirty-one team uh, you know format? Let us know because we're always willing to kind of tweak it to what you guys feel uh, is the best for you. So uh, as I said, that wraps up this episode of Podcast with Stassman and AJ. Please remember to send your comments and questions on Twitter. Follow me at AJ Scholes24. You can follow Paul Bruno, the Statsman, at Statsman22. And we invite you to listen to podcasts every week to get your tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy contest. So long, everybody.